summer, experience the magic. I feel like I could move almost anything in the world. And discover the power. Have a carrot. Of Matilda. From the author of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and James and the Giant Peach, Matilda, rated PG, at theaters Friday. Welcome to the House of Cinema podcast, and in the house today, we are going to be going to the library to check some books out, eating oh. some chocolate cake. Maybe uh, yes. making some principals cry because we are revisiting or visiting <laughs> for the first time 1996 Matilda. Now, if you wow. don't know, I am very, very excited to talk about this movie. I have seen yeah. a lot of movies in my lifetime, and I would say Rocky is my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> yeah, but, this is true. But I think I've seen Matilda more times than any movie in my entire life. Wow. So I'm saying that now. Disclaimer ahead, I'm Dang. very excited. Ren, how do you feel going into Matilda for Nostalgic November? That's right, Nostalgic November, as as helped picked by our listeners and followers on Instagram. Thank you once again for participating. I was going to uh, make a burner account. If no one like suggested <laughs> Matilda on our Instagram account... I thought you did. I was going to make a burner account and suggest When we were it. talking about the, the four picks for this month and Matilda was in the running, I was like... Wait, I thought that was your your pick, and that you just made it up. But someone, so, some people genuinely picked Matilda, and then we put that up, and more people were like, "Yeah, let's do that." I was like, "All right." But as you had mentioned, Matilda came out in 1996. Uh, Matilda's like what? She's six in the movie, so you know, it's it's another thing that like kind of resonated with me. The summer of '97 was like my first like summer in America, and I remember Matilda being. One of the first like stalwarts on TBS for me, we we like talking about like movies on TBS and TNT, and Matilda was definitely one of the OGs. And you know, I, I haven't really watched this movie as much as you have over the last, <laughs> I was gonna say few years, but few months might even be more appropriate. So I'm excited to talk about it. And Joe, um, this is our podcast, no time limits, but. Let's not talk about this for three hours like I know you really want want to talk about. I could talk about it for three hours. I really could. <laughs> like you mentioned, I have seen this movie, or like I've mentioned, I have seen this movie a lot. It's on Freeform, formerly known as ABC Family, which is now known as yeah. Freeform. Such a weird transition, but I guess it's been like two yes. years. I should get over it. At any That's point. right. No, it's so weird. <laughs> it was like something, it was something family for the longest time. It was ABC Family then- for the longest time. And then right. it changed to Freeform like two to three years ago, I think. But I that's where I watched it as well. <laughs> I still have gone over it. I'm like, I'm still like hung up on it. I'm sure I'm like scrolling through TV. I'm like, what the fuck is Freeform? It just it's so weird to me. But at any rate, <laughs> yeah. Matilda's on Freeform a lot. My girlfriend hates the movie because I've seen it so many times and I have it oh. all the time. <laughs> but regardless, I love this movie, so I'm excited to jump into it. As we had stated a couple times already, it was released in 1996, specifically on August 2nd, based mm. on the book by Roald Dahl in 1988, which is this, wow. is, this is our second movie based a on a Roald one. Dahl book. We did I really thought about the that. Factory, so. we've, done, we've done two Stephen King books, or Stephen King uh, movies, and two Roald Dahl movies. Yeah, so two there adaptations from Roald Dahl's second one. Maybe next time we can do 
uh, I don't know. James and the Giant Peach. I'm a big fan of that movie too. So is is that another Roll Doll one? It's another Roll Doll one. <laughs> we could do the BFG that came out like three years ago. But uh, oh, the Spielberg joint. I've never seen that. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it either. Don't know if it's good. <laughs> Has that 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 traitor Mark Rylance in it? You know, I refuse to watch any Mark oh, Rylance movies ever yes. since he stole the Oscar from Sylvester Stallone. So that's not his fault, man. That's I, the Academy. <laughs> Anything should be mad at the Academy to this day. It's not. I know. Mark Rylance was not like, hey, Bridge of Spies was dope. Let's get me this Oscar. Was it Bridge of Spies? I don't know. Or was it like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? I don't know. It's no, one of those it was stupid that... war movies that no one really watches. <laughs> kind of upset. That's true. I haven't, I haven't seen both. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, hey, one of those is fine. <laughs> was it Eye in the Sky? I think that was another war movie at some point. I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is a Roald Dahl adaptation. Joint. Exactly. Yes. Directed. By Danny DeVito, which I feel like wow. is slowly emerging on the internet as like this thing. Like a lot of people didn't know Danny DeVito directed this movie, but yes, he did direct it. Yeah, man. It stars Mara Wilson as Matilda Wormwood, Embeth Davids as Miss Jennifer Honey, yeah. Pam Ferris plays Agatha Trunchbull, Danny DeVito plays Harold Harry Wormwood, and he's a narrator. Triple threat in this, this movie. Love it. Wow. I think he produced it too. He did everything. He did he's, everything. He's a modern day or a previous day Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> a previous day Brad- Bradley Cooper learned it from that Danny That did not DeVito. sound right. <laughs> uh, Rhea Perlman plays Zinnia Wormwood. Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, plays one of the FBI agents. He's supposed to be Bob. Bob? the FBI? Well, Agent Bob. He's an FBI agent. That's what matters. John Lovitz is in this movie for like a microsecond as the host of the Million Dollar Sticky. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And that's all I've written down for the cast. Did I miss anybody? That's all that matters. Okay, But cool. I do want to talk about Rhea Perlman's name in the movie. Zinnia Wormwood? Zinnia Wormwood, yeah. When they first say it, I didn't have subtitles on because I don't know how to turn on <laughs> subtitles on my regular TV because I watch it on, like, on-demand cable, not, like, on, you know, like, Hulu or what the Freeform app. But Zinnia, I was like, I thought it was Sydney the whole time. And oh, then yeah. looking at the cast, I... It says Zinnia Wormwood, and I was like, huh, that's a really odd name. Yeah, it's a weird name. I have subtitles on every platform possible, so that includes cable TV and Hulu and Netflix and Amazon and everything. I couldn't find the closed caption button. I don't know. <laughs> I thought there was just a button. I just Man, what a boomer. The whole time. What, should have had your son hey, help you out. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I have subtitles on literally 99.9%, except... I just, you know, who watches? I don't even know why I have this. I think this, I don't even know who's paying for this in, in my place, to be honest. I will admit this, though. I'm a huge subtitles guy, but having subtitles oh, yeah, on yeah. regular TV is sometimes annoying because if you watch. Can like, you adjust the size? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe I'm a boomer. Oh, I don't know. It's like gigantic. Well, like, huh? can you watch like NBA, like basketball games? You get like the announcers, like subtitles over like the game sometimes. It's kind of annoying. Oh, it's like that blocky. It has like the black background yeah, too yeah, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, how do you respond okay. to people who say like, oh, you watch subtitles or you use subtitles? How do you respond to that? Oh, wow. I don't think I've like made it known to. I'm going to tell my coworkers tomorrow. Yeah, you How, should tell some. Are, have you have they been judgy to you? Is yeah, that what's going tell on? some like normies. Don't call them normies. Tell some normal TV watchers <laughs> that you watch everything with subtitles and, and look at their reaction because they like kind of look down on you a little bit. Like, hey, this Ooh. is how we know the names of all cast members and we don't fuck things up like Zinya and Sydney. Yeah, and, and sometimes you get like cool <laughs> info like, oh, 
uh, Lady Gaga's "Bad Romance" is now playing. It's like, oh, if you didn't know, mm. if you didn't know the oh, name, I know of, that the name song, of the song. Now you know yes. the name of the song. So subtitles Excellent. provide a lot of uh, good, useful information. So, anyways, I was just curious. I want, I want to. Ta- I do want to take a poll now, like for the people I know, and <laughs> we'll post it on Instagram. Who uses subtitles and why? <laughs> subtitles, exactly. nah or yeah, yeah, nah or yeah. There we go. Anyway, we're digressing. Uh, yes. Movie has a budget of thirty-six million dollars. Only gross thirty-three point five million dollars. Damn. Rotten Tomato score. Critics ninety percent. Audience score seventy-three percent. Critic consensus: Danny DeVito's directed version of Matilda is odd, charming, and while the movie diverges from the Roald Dahl novel, it nonetheless captures the book's spirit. Mm. Ren, how do you feel about these two scores? You know what? Like kids' movies. I don't know, like, maybe I don't look at enough, like, RT scores for, like, kids' movies, but, I mean, anything with 90% from critics is fucking awesome. Yeah, it really um, is. I did not think that this movie would garner that love from critics, but, you know, as a, you know, lover of this movie and, I guess, a regular movie watcher, uh, I love that it's 90%. Uh, critics, or, I mean, I mean, audience at 73 Um that one, I guess I thought that one would be higher, like in the 90s as well. Joe, how do you feel about the, the two scores? Also, pleasantly surprised. I mean, we talked about the Lizzie McGuire movie last week, right? Mm, and yeah, that's the right, critic that's right. score for the Lizzie McGuire movie was like in the 40s, which was, again, and I think in that episode we talked about how we were surprised it was that high. So yes. really caught off guard to pull up Matilda on Rotten Tomatoes and see a 90% critic score. I mean... When I look at this movie, and if I'm trying to look at it in like a critic's film lens, like I'm a film Think buff. Think of yourself cinephile. as a 60 year old white dude, Joe. Yeah, okay. I'm a 60 year old white dude watching Matilda. <laughs> I have my critique lens on, glasses on, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to nitpick or pick out like what is bad or, you know, quote unquote bad about this movie. Sure. I mean, it's, it's yeah, very yeah. charming. It's. You know, it has an audience. It recognizes audience, but it still has you know enough jokes and laughs for adults as well. So I guess I can see yeah, where man. they're coming from. The ninety percent, like you said, audience score of seventy three percent does feel low. I'm a little bit disappointed in the audiences who uh, obviously who have... it's a passing grade. So it's yeah, like, it's that's a passing fine. grade, but it's just it's that's more odd to me. But regardless, very impressive critic score. Let's move to the more you know. I've written down yeah. three facts here about Matilda. All the facts revolve around potential castings and alternate people who could have played certain roles. Love it. Fact number one, Mariska Hargitay turned down the role of Miss Honey. Now, for those you don't know, there Mariska Hargitay is most famous for her role as Livia Benson on Law & Order SVU. And if you haven't already caught the vibe already, I talked sure. about that episode or talked about that show fairly often on our podcast because well one i've seen basically every episode they've ever released and two i've had a huge <laughs> crush on mershkarite since middle school basically so yeah. to read this and find this out blew wow. my mind i would have been in love with mershkarite since like seven years old that'd have been my, I was my gonna longest say that, love that's gonna dial it dial it back even more yeah joe this is is this like your top three i know rank form isn't until later <laughs> but like your top three pop cultural Loves of your life? Is it like somewhere in the realm of Rocky, Law and Order SVU, and um, and Matilda? It like might be some form of, or another. <laughs> it really might be. I love all of those three things a lot. Also, turn down the role for Miss Honey, Rosie O'Donnell, yeah. 
who was uh, yes. too busy filming Harriet the Spy, which also came out that year. Now, oh, yeah. imagining a Rosie O'Donnell as Miss Honey, a lot more difficult than imagining a Mushkarte <laughs> as Miss Honey. I don't know. What are your feelings about Rosie O'Donnell potentially being Miss Honey? I mean, for the record, like mid-90s, like Rosie O'Donnell, there's still, there's some roles where she does have like charm. Oh, I, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's- I can't pinpoint, but I think we've, we've both seen them. Um, but like from Mariska to like Rosie O'Donnell to uh, what's her name? Uh, Ambeth Davids. It's kind of like a wide range of looks. Oh, yeah, it definitely and is. I, and I don't know if you're going to bring this up, but Winona Ryder was another one. Yep. Yeah. That they had as well on that list. Like, yeah, the range is pretty wide. They were going for it. it does seem like they didn't have a specific like Miss Honey needs to be this white woman, blonde, skinny. Like it wasn't like a very yeah. strict role. It seemed like they were exploring a lot of different options between Mariska, Rosie O'Donnell, Winona Ryder, and then eventually landing on Ambeth Davids, which I, I think is perfectly casted. Um, looking back oh, at it now, love, it's, love it's hard to imagine anybody else playing this role. That being said, if Mariska Hargitay plays Miss Honey, <laughs> I think I'm fine with it. So. I'm sure you are. <laughs> Fact number two. For the role of Harry Wormwood, played by Danny DeVito, the following actors mm. were considered for this role. Bob Hoskins, Tim Allen, Joe Pesci, John Goodman, Robert De Niro, and Bill Murray were all considered okay. to play the role of Harry Wormwood. There's a little bit of archetype there, though, with the Bob Hoskins and Joe Pesci, all kind of short like Danny DeVito, right? Exactly. The ones that really stick out as odd are <laughs> Tim Allen and Robert, or Bill Murray, kind of the ones that kind of stick out as, uh, mm. seems kind of weird. But Bob Hoskins, Joe Pesci, John Goodman, to an extent, all kind of fit that type of person they wanted to get. Sure. Who here would oh, you man. prefer, if, if Danny DeVito didn't do it, who here do you think could have fit that role the best? So I think like 1996, oh, oh the best? Oh, um, I think the easiest would probably be Bob Hoskins. I agree. Just because I've seen him in like a lot of like family movies. And for um, those who don't know Bob Hoskins at the top of their head, if you yes. remember Hook, he plays Smee in Hook. Yeah, he's the main guy in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So there's that vibe there. But mid-90s, I kind of want to see <laughs> Robert De Niro in this. Oh, no. Just because he hasn't been bad grandpa yet or whatever the hell grandpa movies he's been doing for the last... Why has he done, like, four grandpa movies in, like, the last four years? I, I get I get he's older. People get yes. old. I get it. But, like, why sure. start doing roles where it's like, oh, you're, you're a grandpa. Start to do the war at home grandpa movie. Yeah. And old dirty grandpa was Zac Efron and I don't is understand. it because I don't know if he actually has grandchildren but I know like you know some, when some actors start to have kids and they want to do like kids movies does does he think he's a cool grandpa in his movies and he's hoping his grandchildren watch it like oh that's our grandpa and he's in movies with other kids that's cool <laughs> but I don't know I, that sounded awful <laughs> saying it out loud to be honest I, I would agree with that theory if it wasn't robert de niro who is like <laughs> he's robert de niro you know he's been in yeah hundreds of iconic films and is one of the most like top 10 iconic actors of the last century sure. so it's like yeah, why I, I think it'd be so relegate so yourself? wild for him to for, for him to do this movie at, at this 
stage in his career at 96. He hasn't done Meet the Parents yet. Hell, he hasn't even, like, done that silly role. Not silly, but, like, more comedic role he had in, uh, what, what was that, uh, in Jackie Brown. So, oh, yeah, like, yeah. The, the beginning of, like, really leading into, like, silly uh, Robert De Niro in 96 would have been super interesting to me. How do you feel about Joe Pesci doing this role? We saw him in Home Alone, so we know he's mm, yes. obviously good in children's movies. He plays a right. bad guy in that. I mean, he's almost played a very similar character in this movie. How do you feel about Joe Pesci? I think it's in there, man. I think him and Danny DeVito would be like exactly the same way that like Joe Pesci played it. I feel like that would be my pick for anybody to replace Danny DeVito. It would be Joe Pesci because it does. I feel like the character of Harry Wormwood, the short stature is kind of necessary for his it's character. It's part of it, yeah. It, you know, it's like he has the Napoleon syndrome where he's very mm. short and probably takes it personally and is overly angry to compensate for his shortness. I feel like Joe right. Pesci just nails that completely. Um, so I think if I pick anybody here, it'd be him. Fact number three for the role of Matilda originally. They wanted Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen to play what? Matilda, but they were too busy play, filming It Takes Two, another yeah. banger from the 90s. That is, as the kids say, goaded, man. That is <laughs> such a good, wow. It Takes well, Two. Well, why did anyone pick that in the nostalgic? I know, I know. Well, I'm kind one. of glad they didn't. Christy Alley is a little bit off her rocker right now, so. Oh, is she? Yeah, just oh. a little, little. I need to look into that. A little crazy right now, but. Um, all right, all right. It Takes Two is pretty great, but. But yes, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen wanted for this role. Interesting. Could not do it. Also considered for this role, Michelle Trachtenberg, who went on to play Harriet the Spy. Wow. I saw for the that. Role. But eventually it went to Mara Wilson. How do you feel about these uh, these two potential picks? I haven't seen Harriet. I only know like the teenage version of Michelle Trachtenberg. Really? From, from Eurotrip? Yeah, from oh. Eurotrip. And I, I, what, I Ice she Princess? Was like, wasn't she in like Buffy and stuff? I don't know. Oh, Ice Princess. There's a... <laughs> There's a deep cut. That's a deep Jesus. cut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think, well, well, let's get this out of the way first. Mara Wilson is fantastic, fantastic oh, yeah. in this. She, awesome she's adorable. Olsen twins. I mean, I guess that would make the most sense, like, height of stardom-wise, because, you know, up to this point, they've already amassed hundreds of millions of dollars from their own straight-to-VHS things. Yeah. Um, Which one? But... Okay, we need to stop for a second. Which Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen VHS movie is your favorite? Oh, geez. I was not prepared for this. <laughs> and I don't know if I have... You know what? The one that probably like, resonated with me the most just because it was like the... One of the later ones is like the Paris one. Oh, yeah. And I, I was just But that's not like that when right they're now. like... I don't know. I don't have one when they're kids. Is there like one, one where they like went, go to go to like a, a farm or like kind of like cowboys and, and shit? <laughs> I don't know. Are you, just, are you just making up a very generic plot, hoping that they were in a movie? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they made one of those. I just remember like the VHS cover in my mind. Um, but I th- probably I think the Paris one, which I think might be in the same universe as their ABC or ABC Family Show, whatever that was. So the ones that really stuck with me, and I still remember as an adult, there was Switching Goals, which was. Mm-hmm. Both of them were on a soccer team. One of them was the tomboy and really good at soccer, and the other one was like oh, the girly girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they switched teams <laughs> to like I don't I don't know why they switched teams. They just do it. Um, but they don't become on the same team. No, they're on different teams, and like the tomboy is on the really really good team, and then the 
the girl, the girly girls on the really bad team. So they yeah. switch, and then the tomboy one ends up like taking the bad team to the finals against the other oh, team. Interesting. It's like a weird. I don't know what the fuck. I, was there one where they switched horses in the farm <laughs> to to appease my the thing I, I just made up I in my know. mind? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movie that really sticks with me is Billboard Dad. Do you remember that movie? I remember the cover as well. Is their dad like an actor? No, their dad is like a son of the dad's a single dad. And so in order to get him on the market, they put a billboard with his face on it to get him. That's one way to do it. (laughs) And it works. (laughs) Do they put like any stats about him or is it just like, oh, our dad's hot and single. That's it. I think they put his picture and they put like. 6-2 from Indiana University, starting at point... No, I, I don't know. I think they put, like, oh, I I have money or something. You know, whatever. Probably. That, that's... I don't know. Yeah. I, I have a high credit score and a nice four-bedroom. <laughs> uh, anyways, we've digressed a lot. Wow. So those are the picks for uh, Matilda. You were saying something about Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen playing Matilda. How do you feel about that? <laughs> oh, that's right. That's what we're talking about. Um, I I think at this time, they still have that charm to them. But I don't know. Are they're they might be a little too old to play Matilda? M- might be too old or like too like mature. For this. I I don't know. I think they could do it. It definitely takes the charm away from the movie. I think. I think part of the charm is knowing not knowing who Mara Wilson is, and thus mm, not really knowing who unknown. Matilda is. Matilda is right. Um. I'll tell you what, if they play Matilda, though, this movie doesn't make $33.5 million. It makes like 60, 80, 80 something like <laughs> yeah. that. Exa- yeah, exactly. That's a fact. Um, so it's an, I get, like you said, I get why they wanted to do it, but I'm glad it eventually went to Mara Wilson instead. But we've talked a lot about <laughs> a lot of different things. Let's shoot, let's talk about some of our favorite and most, most nostalgic <laughs> scenes in the movie. First sure. scene. The entire intro scene. By the time she was two, Matilda had learned what most people learn in their early 30s, how to take care of herself. As time went by, she developed a sense of style. Every morning, Matilda's older brother, Michael, went to school. Come on, get out of here. Her father went to work selling used cars for unfair prices. And our mother took off to play bingo. Soup's on the stove. Heat it up if you get hungry. Matilda was left alone. That was how she liked it. I think it's a combination of power of Danny DeVito's narration, which I think is really underrated. I, I, it's awesome. It's really, really good in this movie. His narration combined with the music, which is <laughs> yeah. ingrained into my DNA. I know it so, so well. On a scale of 1 to 10... How yeah. guilty does this movie make you feel for not reading more? <laughs> because I'll tell Dude, you, you what. You totally caught me. <laughs> I, I I will tell the audience right now, this movie almost made me pick up a book <laughs> from my little collection here that I have, I've bought for years and never read. I almost, I was like, oh man, if I just like read like a, a fraction as much as Matilda have, I would just have just... A lot more knowledge than I do. And yes. look at her. She's six and just killing it. And killing it. Reading Dickens and... Moby Dick. Melville. Yeah. I know. Wow. I know. Yeah. Um, I... Uh, uh, ten is, <laughs> is my answer. Think... You read more than me, so you're just like a 
maybe a four. I'm three. not. You know what? This movie does a really good job making me feel super guilty for not reading more often. I mean, I, like you said, I, I try to read. I'm gonna. I was gonna lie to you right now. And say I try to read every night. I mean, in my head, <laughs> I like to try to read every night, but I read like every other night. I think that's um, great. But this movie makes me feel super guilty for not reading. And I mean, obviously, it's, like it's a six movie. Six books next to her. Yeah, she, she can't even take the books home in the beginning. <laughs> she can't. She's she, knocking them out in the library. She's so bro. dedicated, just like going through. I mean, I know she's like a prodigy and has telekinesis, but it still yes. makes me feel super guilty for not bringing home a wagon of books every day and try reading them. <laughs> so, but anyways, well, uh, I agree with you, Amanda. I, I hadn't seen this movie in in, in entirety like in years and when send me on my way started playing like it it took me back oh it took right. me back exactly to being a kid like right away and <laughs> funny story like i don't know if like pancakes aren't a thing in the philippines but the first time i watched this movie and she was fucking making pancakes i was like what is that <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to matilda for teaching me uh, how to make what pancakes. pancakes are all right yeah no, not even how to make them bro just just what they are <laughs> Just what they are. What they consist of. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I like the intro a lot for all those reasons that we talked about. The nostalgia is strong with this scene. Second scene, maybe the most nostalgic scene in the whole movie. Bruce Bogtrotter versus the chocolate cake. This boy, Bruce Bogtrotter, is none other than a vicious sneak thief. You're a disgusting criminal, aren't you? I don't know what you're talking about. Cake chocolate cake you slithered like a serpent into the school kitchen and ate my personal snack do you deny it did you see recently this this uh the scene was like trending on instagram and on the internet culture it was like oh kids these days will never know the stress we went through <laughs> watching this scene and it was like bruce yes. brucey eating the cake did you see that trending on instagram and that's kind of like what makes this pretty like iconic now is that it's like it's a meme. It is a meme, yeah. So anytime like kind of an obscure scene from a movie like turns into a meme, like that's that's huge. The great thing about the meme is that it's accurate to an extent, right? Because yeah. watching that scene as a kid is very, very stressful. I mean, <laughs> Miss Trunchbull is standing over him, making sure he eats this cake and you know, it's not just one piece of cake, he's eating an entire cake. All I can think about yeah. now as a thirty year old's like Man, that guy in seven. Remember when he died? His like stomach exploded. Like <laughs> the the, glut- <laughs> the gluttony. Like that's what yeah. I'm thinking about watching this now. But as a you know eight year old watching Matilda, it's like pretty stressful to watch. Like, is Brucey gonna do it? Is he just gonna throw up everywhere? What's gonna happen to Brucey? So the the irony behind the meme is that it's actually accurate. Right. How do you feel about this scene? Uh, besides the fact that it's been memeified and all over the internet now. You know, when when the f- scene happens. And you were talking about how stressful it was. The first slice of cake that comes out, it's already, like, pretty gigantic. It's huge. It's, not, it's huge. It's not like you're a run-the-mill, like, hey, like, here's your slice of cake from the birthday cake. It's, like, a big chunk of it already. Yeah. And when the rest of the cake comes out, and, like, you, yeah, you think he's going to, like, vomit or literally explode at some point, it is stressful. <laughs> and, and now, yeah, as a 30-year-old and, you know me not being able to eat sweets like I once did. I'm like, man, if I ate that much cake, I would, yeah, probably pass out, <laughs> be dead. I don't know. Hospital? It's funny. This is how you know 
a scene is really nostalgic because I sometimes I find myself when I'm eating a lot or like I'm inhaling food, I like stop yeah. and breathe for a second. Like, God, this is what Bruce must have <laughs> felt like when he was eating that cake. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Or like sometimes I'll like, you know, think I'm with friends or with people and they're eating a lot. I'm like, you can do it, Brucey. You can. <laughs> <laughs> I find myself quoting the scene more than I probably should. But Wonderful. It has become famous uh, rightfully so and you know i'm glad that it's internet famous now hopefully it gets the gen z kids to go what is this and look up matilda and watch yeah. it um, I, I gotta say that chocolate cake did look really good it I does mean, look very good the chef or lunch lady whatever cookie per- cookie you know looks pretty dirty and gross but <laughs> man can she bake a cake she can bake a cake she can has your son seen this movie yet we watched it together. It was great. Oh, great. How did he feel about this scene? You know what? We actually didn't plan on watching it together. He was just kind of just playing with his, like, action figures and then, like, looked up. And I saw him keep looking up and he was interested. But for this scene itself, he does agree that the cake looked good and he was equally stressed out <laughs> as we probably were when we were kids. That He was like, dude, is he going to, like, vomit on all the kids? <laughs> was his comment. Oh, So, he, yeah, he liked it. Is there any food in the world? That you could be forced to eat and that you would be successful eating? Oh, any type of seafood, like any like fish. Oh, like wow. Pra- like, because like seafood does not like get me full at all. Like those like all you can eat sushi places, like the rice. If, if I start ordering rolls with the rice, like that'll get me full. And then if I go to like those boiling crab places, like I need like a car basically to, <laughs> to help me get to that point. So if you like give me like 10,000 pounds of like crab legs i think that'd be it for me wow okay what, what about you um boy i don't know if there's anything i could eat that much of maybe like mashed potatoes i feel like i could eat like oh, just that's heavy gallons dude. of mashed potatoes but that's a lot of carbs that's what i was thinking about i was like oh i would love to eat 10 breakfast burritos but theoretically i'd be full with like less than one yeah so i, I think that's my that the mashed potatoes might do you in early. They might do me in early. I I like sushi. I don't. I, I don't like. I'm not obsessed with it. Like like my girlfriend is. She's obsessed with it. I like it. I like <laughs> it. Yeah. I don't think I can eat that much of it. Um. Maybe like Doritos. Does that count? I can eat like thirty that, bags that of Doritos. Count. I'm sure there's some like food competition out there where they're like, hey, you got to eat like this whole pallet of of Doritos, Cool Ranch, not uh, salsa verde or whatever. Oh, I love it is those that ones. You guys yeah. like so much. Yeah, those are good. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think the Doritos, <laughs> that's my pick. Um, nice, nice. The last scene I want to mention, and again, I think every scene in this movie is super nostalgic, but I think the third most nostalgic scene for me is kind of what we talked about earlier, but it's Matilda learning to use her powers. We need to talk to somebody besides our stupid kids. Oh, yeah? Well, a man is entitled to come home and find dinner on the table without having to wade through a convention of male strippers. Dad? What do you want? Yell at me, okay? Shut up and leave us alone! Yell at me again! Yell at you! I'll come in there and pound your miserable eye! What do I have to do to gain respect around here? I'm gonna give you a tanning like you never heard in your life! My word is my law! Your law! Again, another scene that I have seen mumified on Instagram and in your culture, have you seen this scene? Uh, oh, be memefied? I haven't seen this one. So this is a no. good one. This is a good one. This is a fun one. On like Instagram and social media, people will 
just point at different objects and like they have their <laughs> friends behind the objects and like shake them a bunch of times. And so and it's to the song that's playing in the background. So it's like a TikTok. Yeah, I don't know if it's a TikTok or not. But Joe, what do you do on TikTok, bro? We're, we're too old for that shit. I'm looking at Matilda videos, apparently. It's, it sounds like it. Um, <laughs> that sounds funny though. This scene is nostalgic for so many different reasons. I think the main reason it's so nostalgic is the song "Little Bitty Pretty One" playing in the background, which has been in a yeah. lot of movies it's a very very famous song but when i think of that song i think of this scene it's so right it just transports me back immediately to the scene but you know as a kid seeing telekinetic powers is, is exciting you know you're you know anything any type of superpower mm. is exciting as a child i'm mean, hell right as a 30 year old seeing any superhero power is really exciting yeah um, yeah and it, it, this is a, a much different environment than um, x-men or a superhero movie or even harry sure. potter where you're expected to see amazing things i feel like this is my first real introduction to like telekinesis as a kid and so because oh. it's the first time i'm seeing like this little girl use her magic powers to move shit around and fucking eat her cereal <laughs> all i can yes. think about is like man if i had telekinetic powers i would be just like her just fucking like making right. some frosted flakes and I don't know, just doing random shit, putting my clothes away. And that's what she does. Putting my clothes away, washing the shit. Any chore around the house, that that was my same mindset seeing the scene. Because I like how you said that with, like, superhero, like, movies or TV shows. Because I think at this point I had seen X-Men already. So, like, I knew, like, what Jean Grey was all about. But this was the first time seeing it. Like, oh, you could do these things around the house and it would help you immensely. And yeah. Not- you wouldn't have to lift a finger ever again. Yeah, the only exposure that people have are like, let's save some lives or let's, you know, defeat this enemy. And here we have this seven, six, year, six and a half year old girl doing things that I do every single day in my house. And so it's like extremely relatable, even though I can't do telekinesis. It's so fun to watch this little this person, <laughs> you know, do chores. It's like, fuck, it's so cool. And even now, as you know, as I'm older... I hate doing the dishes. No, I, do. be... I I need this more than ever. I, yeah, dude. I need it more now. You. <laughs> more now. So I love the scene. The music's great. The dancing's great. The powers are great. There's just so much to love about it. It's so nostalgic. That's it, yeah. You, you did it. I knew you did it. You planted that story about the chicken. I didn't plant the story about the chicken. What's he talking about? You had me accused of animal cruelty. Seriously, what the hell? Okay, we've talked a lot about things we love. Can yeah. we talk about something that is holding it back? Ooh. Disclaimer, I cannot. There's nothing. Another one? Another back movie. Back-to-back weeks of nothing? I, you know, it's not fair. This movie is so nostalgic, it would be unfair of me to say, well, they could have done this better. What do you have here that you think could make this movie better? What's your chicken? My chicken for this movie you better is be actually... right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, with, with these movies, I, I this is an important part of our, our podcast. I know, I know. So I feel like... As you said, and even with this, it's a nostalgic movie. It's a kid's movie. We can't be too hard uh, on these types of flicks. Miss Trunchbull is the worst. But I got to say, I feel like after defeating her, I don't think the kids should have bullied her the way that she bullied them. This is your chicken? At the end of the movie. This is your chicken? That's my chicken. Okay. You know what? That's a. They're so, like, (laughs) after Matilda already, like, defeats her and, like, that... She's she's done for. Do they really need to like? Yes. Have like a food fight yes. of 
all 100 versus one of her? The answer is yes. You got to be the Miss Honey should have stepped in and been the the kids should have been like the better men, you know, in a sense. And not done all that. Not stooped to her level. <laughs> no, she deserves it. She's a terrible person. <sighs> she basically trying to murder children it, it, by throwing it, them over fences. Th- this is true. This is true. Okay. All, all correct. <laughs> all, I, I'm fully aware of all the. don't need to be the bigger person to shit uh, things. a child <sighs> attempted murderer. Not good characteristic traits that Miss Honey <laughs> is allowing these kids to to go off on. Just she, saying. Miss Trunchbull murdered her dad. I think Miss Honey has a, a right to be a little angry and to get some to Damn allow it. some good kids point. to throw some food at Miss Trunchbull's face for this committing is a good point. murder. All right, your chicken has been okay. ixnayed. Ixnayed. Chicken. Okay. Yes, there she no committed murder on Miss. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's, Food fight, you know, she didn't die from it, so it's fine. No, she did not. Let's talk about... I tried. I tried. <laughs> you did. You did. Let's talk about what kind of bear is best. Question. What kind of bear is best? That's a ridiculous question. False. Black bear. I have some ridiculous questions for you. Let's get the one out of the way that I feel like has also been on the internet a little bit. Matilda hmm. versus Eleven from Stranger Things. Oh, who, I was going to ask you this. Who are wow. you taking on your side, Matilda or Eleven? Now, Damn. as I mentioned, I've seen this on the internet. You sent it to me, actually. There was like a, oh, did I? A, like a Twitter post saying, you know, who would you rather have on your team, Matilda or Eleven from Stranger Things? Oh, this, okay. And although Eleven was the answer that most people chose, there was a very uh, keen observation about Matilda. I mean, let's be honest. Eleven takes a lot <laughs> of energy just to do some simple things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matilda's like fucking controlling a child flying through the air and bringing him back to the classroom. Not even like she lets him like have fun in the air too and do some flips in the air. And then she brings him to the classroom. She, you know, she's able to spin Miss Trunchbull around. I think uh, Matilda's a lot more powerful than people are giving credit to. So I think there's a few ways to look at this is with Eleven, we've seen her do her thing against the Demogorgons, close down portals to the upside down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yes, we have also seen that she's up a lot of energy. One of those bloody noses could just fucking kill her one day. Yep. With with Matilda, there's still a lot of potential there. And no bloody potential. noses. We There's a lot like we haven't seen yet from her. So who knows what the peak of her powers are. You're right. The peak of her powers have not been shown. And yes, you know, from the what she's shown in the movie... She's not really showing any stress. Like she's not having a very hard time, you know, controlling right. a child or controlling uh, uh, chalkboard also, erasers. She's also younger, younger, a younger prospect than born with these <laughs> powers. About this as, a, I mean, as an athlete as well. She, she you is, know, eleven uh, is twelve or whatever. Matilda's only six. Got a lot of room to grow. A lot of room to grow. A lot of room to hone her powers. I think that if you put Matilda in a battle arena against eleven. Matilda just shreds her, literally shreds her apart. I think that's what happens. You know, I don't know if she'll shred her, but I like her chances still. Like, I don't think Eleven is just going to, like, kick her ass. I think it'll be it'll be closer. Ren, who neglects their child more? <laughs> the Wormwoods to Matilda or Mr. and Mrs. McAllister to Kevin? McAllister. Oh, you're just thinking my, my shit right now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> who neglects their child more? You know... It's got to be the McAllisters. Dude, the McAllisters are terrible parents. Thank you for that. First, not not once, but twice. twice. Back to back. Twice. Christmas. Well, my, there might have been a year difference there, but how? I think what's worse about the McAllisters is that, like, they're supposedly good parents, but they're bad. They're it's like, really at least, bad. like, with the Wormwoods, you know, 
you know what you're going to get. They're, you know, their heart is on their sleeve or how they are is on their sleeve. And that's it. But, like, McAllister is kind of fake. Oh, no, I 100% agree with you. The Wormwoods are terrible parents. Everybody knows that. But they're not pretending to be good parents to anybody. They they clearly make it known that Matilda's a mistake. We don't like her. And they treat her poorly. And Matilda doesn't expect anything from them. But the McAllisters yes. totally lead Kevin on. Like, oh, we love you, Kevin. Oh, well, you're our son. We'll take care of you forever. <laughs> and then they fucking no. lose him twice. Not only twice. It wasn't like on a Wednesday, but it was during fucking Christmas time where people love to spend time with their families. Pretty fucked up stuff. (laughs) I think the McAllisters are more toxic than the Wormwoods are by far. Toxic, that's the word. Excellent. I'm glad we can agree on that. I was a little nervous you're going to pick the Wormwoods, but I'm glad you agree that the McAllisters are pretty bad. No, no. Dude, McAllisters all the way. (laughs) As as far as being the worst. Let's, uh, Let's form some ranks. rank some stuff here i have some great things to rank i think you do sure. too ren i want you to rank these three roll doll movies oh shit matilda willy wonka and james and the giant peach wow oh okay original willy wonka right we're not Ori- going like no, tim burton Charlie. not the tim burton one. sure we're going original willy wonka matilda and james and the giant peach which roll doll adaptation is number one what is number two what is number three Number one, yeah, it, it's Willy Wonka, no wow, doubt. Wow, really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. No, number two is Matilda, and number three is James and Giant Peach, only because, guys, I don't think I've ever seen that movie. What? I didn't really have much of a childhood, so oh my goodness. maybe I should watch it now and yeah. show my kid. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Well, that's that makes sense then. I would probably go Matilda, James and the Giant Peach, Willy Wonka. Wow. Yeah. That good? I have a very strong nostalgic connection to James and the Giant Peach, so maybe that's sure. what's edging it over Willy Wonka. Uh, but I yeah, also yeah. think it is that good. It is It is very unique, very fun. Uh, great movie. Really like it a lot. So may- wow, maybe you okay. check it out. I think it's on. And wait, there. okay, this is going to sound so like ass night right now, but like, is this a cartoon or, <laughs> or a live action? It's both. That's what makes it <laughs> it's fun. Both. It's both. It starts okay. off live action, then goes to animated. And oh, it's, shit. It switches back. So yeah. I've seen this cover many moons ago at a blockbuster. I'll, I'll say that much. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good movie. But that's it. <laughs> it's really, really good. Highly recommended. Some good music in it. It's it's just a, it's a fun movie. You know, we really haven't talked about the Rusted Root number one hit single, Send Me On My Way as much as we probably should have. It's a fantastic song. Apparently, it appears in Ice Age. I had this debate with my girlfriend. Mm, I was like, hey, yeah. when you hear this song, send me my way, what do you think of? And she's like, oh, Ice Age. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold the That's phone. Stop the record. Pause for a second. Because I, to me, was like, oh, the obvious answer is Matilda. I couldn't believe that this song was associated with a different movie. But apparently... There are people out there who think of Ice Age when they think of the song, which I think is wow, just blasphemy. Yes. But a number one hit by Rusted Root. Uh, you could call them a one-hit wonder. Rusted I was going to say, I, I've never heard of this band. A one-hit wonder, I would say. But, Ryan, can you rank these other one-hit wonder songs from the 90s and early 2000s? Yes, please. Can you rank the following? Flavor of the Week by American Hi-Fi. Torn. Uh-huh. By Natalie and Brugelia. Oh, shit. Blue, Da B D by <laughs> Eiffel 65. And How Bizarre by OMC. How Bizarre. How do you uh, rank these four uh, songs from one-hit wonder artists? 
Okay, number one by a landslide is torn by Natalie and No, no wow. fucking question. Wow. Like, that's a... That is a bop. That song slaps. <laughs> Whatever adjective you want to put in front of it, wow. it is amazing. Uh, that uh, is shocking, to say the least. Shocking. Is it? Okay. Uh, what were the other... I was so excited about Torn that, that I don't know what the other Flavor choices were. Flavor of the Week by Flavor American week. Hi-Fi. American, yeah. Blue by it's Eiffel 65. Thing. And yeah. How Bizarre by OMC. Mm-hmm. I feel like more people probably have How Bizarre number one, but that might be last... Wow, okay. On my list, okay. number two is blue, number three, flavor of the week, and yeah, f- a four is uh, how bizarre. How about you? I- I'm guessing you don't have Torn as your Torn is not one my there. number one. I-, I will admit, it's a great song, and I hope people listening are are taking the second to pause and then yes. go and listen to Torn by Natalie and Bruglia. And Bruglia? In Bruglia, yes. It- All what- my aunts love this song, so like when <laughs> I was eight or seven when that song came out, like... Dude, this was in heavy rotation. It's one of those songs where, like, I don't know that song. And then you listen to it. It's like, oh, I fucking know this song. You know that. Everybody yeah, that's a karaoke knows. song. It's a karaoke song for sure. Um, Okay. If I'm ranking them by nostalgia power only, and I'm talking, you know, nostalgia is personal. So if I'm number one is Blue, Eiffel 65. Yeah, I mean, that course. song took over my life as a kid. I mean, I, I feel so bad <laughs> yeah. for my parents because they had to listen to that song so, so often. <laughs> I will say this. Listening it to now as a 30-year-old, it fucking slaps, man. It's really, it really good. Slaps? really good. Okay, I thought you were going to say, like, it doesn't slap no, anymore. No, it's, it's, it's almost better now. Um, <laughs> rank number two, Flavor of the Week by American Hi-Fi. I think I liked the song solely when I was a kid because they said the word Nintendo. And I was like, oh, my God, he said Nintendo in a song. <laughs> I'm nine uh, years old. I have one of those. So I was, like, really into yeah, it. Yeah, other people know. Yeah. Um, so that's number two. I think number three is How Bizarre by OMC. That song is uh, also very nostalgic for, God, It's it was on all the time, I feel like. So I feel like I just knew yeah, the yeah. lyrics very well. And number four is Torn by Natalie and Bruglia, Damn. which I don't think is, like I said, it's not a bad song. It's really, really good. I just don't think it's my. It's in above the other three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I mean, to each is his own. Yeah. And exactly. It's a it's a good list of songs. I really love. Oh man. One hit wonders from the nineties. A lot of great one hit wonders. I think I'm American glad you didn't Hi-Fi ask me any rusted was rusted uh, questions. Was maybe early early like two thousand maybe, but uh, those I don't think all the elements were nineties for sure. Um, that's okay. I think how bizarre I feel like was earlier than those other songs like early 90s yeah it might have been early 90s but anyways some great one hit wonder songs i'm gonna be listening to those after this podcast for sure well Rand, i have no other ridiculous questions to ask you it's time for your <laughs> quiz i know you oh probably forgot but this is a a good quiz on famous movie teachers miss honey okay a famous movie teacher you know i googled famous movie teachers and miss honey was on every single list and at least good Always top 10, sometimes top five. Miss Honey was always there. So what I'll be doing Good. is naming you a famous movie teacher, and you'll be telling me what movie that teacher is from. You know, oh, bonus God. points if you can name the actor. If you, can, if you can't, no big deal. You know, I really wish we do this, like, in the beginning because, like, <laughs> you butter me up, and, like, I'm having such a great time talking about Nally and Bruglia and <laughs> Stranger Things, and then here we are, and I'm, like, stressed. You're a little late. This is how <laughs> oh, I <wow>. feel. <laughs> That was amazing. All right. Oh, man. Now I'm ready. Okay, what a song. Lying naked on the floor. Um, That's the one. (laughs) That's stuck in my head. Maybe I should move that song up now. 
<laughs> I'm like, yeah, 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 like, yeah. I can't wait a... for the text where like it's Saturday night and you and your girlfriend are just like listening to songs and Torn comes on and I might have to move that up I to get, like I get a nice video. I think I rate, <laughs> I think I rate Flavor of the Week a little too high. I don't know. No, the Nintendo part, man, you love it. Don't, don't you know? You don't also have to give back. credit to Flavor of the Week because it's called Flavor of the Week, but Week is spelled W E A K. So it's like oh. a pun. Oh, flavor of the week will okay. not like the. I'm so excited to watch these videos afterwards as well. <laughs> like '90s music videos just oh, are so like God. off the rails. They're like so... now it's like so basic. And we didn't even but talk back about back then. They took risks. Yeah, we didn't talk about the blue Eiffel 65 music video. Now that music video alone is so iconic and so ridiculously bad. But is it? Oh, you, do you not oh, remember man. it? Oh, it's it's really no, no. I'm gonna watch it right right now. Well, not right now. After the quiz, it's it's something else, man. It's like it'll blow your mind how bad but good it is. Uh, well, it's not good, but it's just like entertaining. Anyways, sure, sure. <laughs> Let's talk about some famous movie teachers. Round one, some softballs. Question one: Pai May is a famous teacher from which movie? <laughs> Yeah, he is played by Gordon Liu in the Kill Bill movies. There we go. Pai Mei. Coach Eric Taylor is from which movie? Eric Taylor is... Is, he a... is that classified? Okay, I, that's fine. Uh, Friday Night Lights, Billy Bob Thornton in the movie. There we go. I mean, that, that, that counts. Ugh. There we go. And last question in round one. Professor Klump is from which famous movie? <laughs> you know... he. Just because it's so, like, no one talks about this movie. No one ever talks about this movie. I, I mean, this movie would get made now. Oh, 100%. Guys, we're talking we about the Nutty Professor movies. Yes, Nutty Professor is correct. This is, like, like Austin Powers, like, these movies are only going to get, like, they're not going to get made ever again. Never. Like, they're ever. stuck in those time capsules of the mid-90s and early 2000s, and that's it. Yeah, we, it, we had them, and they're gone. It's absolutely crazy to think that I wrote this down, and as I was writing Professor Clump, I'm like, man... Well, no one talks about the Nutty Professor. This is ever. a round one or a round three question. Like, it could have gone either way. Exactly. And you're right. This movie would never be made ever again. And I get it. You know, the idea of you know, body shaming is, is, is bad. And I understand that comedy has kind of evolved from that. But sure. I like this movie. I mean, I, yeah, I, I really fun, enjoyed it when I, when I was a kid. I, I haven't seen it in probably 15 years, but. Yeah. It was, uh, it was something. It was something. It was great, man. Eddie Murphy. Oh, Eddie Love Murphy. It. Round okay. two. Detective John Kimball is a teacher in which movie? Detective John Kimball. Oh, my God. That name is... It's a famous... It is pretty famous. Kimball. Ugh. What are all these like people with like side jobs and they become teachers? What is <laughs> this nonsense? I don't know. It just... Ugh. Detective John Kimball is Rip off the uh, Band-Aid. played by Arnold Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten Cop. Oh, damn it. It's all right. It's okay. Yeah, that was there. That was there in, See, in my brain. I'm kind of worried about these next next few now. but uh, That's fine. That's fine. Bring it on. John Keating is a famous teacher oh, from which movie? I'm just going to guess, and I feel like this is a middle-of-the-road one. Is that Robin Williams in uh, Good Will Hunting? Oh, not Good Will Hunting. But Dead oh. Poet Society. Oh. Dead Poet Society. Okay. So you get like half a point for that one. Half a point. That's that a half. Uh, yeah. Last question in round two. Really nervous. Yeah, I'm not a Dead Poet Society guy, Joe. Oh, no. <laughs> I, had a, I had a feeling, but I was like, oh, maybe he'll get it. They post on Instagram enough. Maybe he'll, he'll know. 
They do. That's true. Okay. Round. Last question. Round two. The economics teacher is from which movie? Now it may seem unfair oh, wait, that I'm saying the economics teacher, but when you look up famous movie teachers, he's on every single list as the economics the teacher. Econo- is like a sci-fi movie? Like economics with an X at the end? No. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, I have no earthly idea what this is. Bueller. Bueller. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, freaking <laughs> Ben Stein and Ben Stein in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. At least I'm getting the actors' names. You know, to be fair, like I said, I googled this and he was on every single list. It was just like, no, this is fair. Ben it's Stein just like he doesn't have a teacher. name and. That's that's what he says. No, no, that's that's fair. <laughs> I'm okay with this so far. Round three, last three teachers here. Wait, that was the end of round two. What do you have cooked up for this goddamn question? Round? One, yeah. round three. Dewey Finn. Oh, School of Rock. Oh, Jack okay, Black. all right, all right. Jack Black and School of Rock. See, I thought the yeah. name would throw you off, but maybe Dewey nah, was, a, was a giveaway. Okay, good job. All right. Got it. Got it. Question two, Miss Norbury. Oof. Miss Norbury. Norbury. That's not a Harry Potter teacher at all. No. I, you know what? I was going to put, like, Professor Trelawney or something. Nah, that would... It doesn't yeah. matter who I put. You would have known it. Damn. Norbury. Miss Norbury. Who is that? Miss Norbury is played by Tina Fey in Mean Girls. Mean Girls. Oh, man. Did they mention her name at all in that? I don't remember, but... I don't think I ever knew her name until now. Okay, I'm going to file that away, and now I know. Final question of round three of the famous movie teachers, Veronica Vaughn. Oh, that is uh, Bridget Wilson. Yeah. And uh, Billy Madison. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Beautiful. Capped it off with a good win. You did pretty well. I mean, some of these are pretty hard. Um, The economics one, dude. I don't know what you're thinking in the (laughs) the second round, to be honest. (laughs) Sorry. You did pretty well, though. You did pretty well. So good job. That was great. That was I hope our listeners uh, taking away some good famous movie teachers now. Norbury, guys. Norbury. Economics. <laughs> File it away. Tri- trivia night might be a thing in like two years in again. Two years, so, yeah. So we have reached the end of our episode on Matilda. Sad day, but a happy day at the same time because we, we had a chance to talk about one of my favorite movies of all time. But how, yeah. how do you feel ending our conversation what do you learn today? What are you taking away? Wow. Um, I had a great time. That was, I, I hope you did too, Joe. Of course. Um, I Actually, I'm taking away things that I, I knew already, that Kevin McAllister's parents <laughs> are somehow worse than the Wormwoods. Uh, this movie, rewatching it back, you know, especially with my kid, was just as pleasant as it was, wow, saying this out loud, 24 years ago wow, I know. for myself, you know, just as fun and, you know, as all the scenes that I remembered came about, it was awesome seeing all those nostalgic scenes again. Joe, how do you feel about it? I mean, I'm sad because we're not going to be able to talk about this movie in depth again, mm, but that's right. I am very happy we talked about it because this movie is riddled with nostalgia from the characters. I mean, I think every character, every main character at least is nostalgic to anybody who's seen this movie the trunchbull harry yeah uh, even lavender who isn't like a huge part in this movie but i feel like even her character is pretty memorable oh yeah the friend yeah yeah, yeah. brucey matilda Bruce, we didn't even get to talk about the actually we'll talk about now the pigtails the pigtail girl who gets hammered are you a pig <laughs> over the fucking fence i mean 
every character is nostalgic to an extent. The music is on point. You know, it may not be torn by Natalie and Bruglia, but mm, Rusted Root nice. sent me on my way. It's fantastic. Um, yep. Even the score itself, you know, besides the actual soundtrack, the score is, is great. Um, yeah, this movie just oozes nostalgia, and I, I yeah. love it for so many different reasons. I'm glad we've decided that Matilda is a stronger telekinetic than Eleven, and I'm glad we agree that yes. uh, that the McAllisters are terrible parents and probably more neglectful than the Wormwoods. Yeah. And you know what? The more I think here, the more I think that Natalie and Bruglia's Torn is the number <laughs> one <laughs> song from a, a one-hit wonder. But no, I'm sticking with Blue by Eiffel 65. Um, okay. Please check out that music video and text me afterwards. And you know what? Anybody who's listening, check out that music video and send me a DM on Instagram and tell me what you think about that. Because it yes. is... Yes. That's what we want you to take away from this episode is not the great things we said about Matilda, but... <laughs> 90s one-hit wonders. Please send us DMs about what you think about that. That would be excellent. Um, But thank you again for everybody listening. Next week, we are back with another episode doing Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Going a little bit different. We we started out with Lizzie McGuire, Matilda, and now we're going to T2, Judgment Day. It's quite a a hop. So we'll be talking about Terminator next week. The following week, we're talking about Twister. And then it's, you know what, then it's December. You know what that means? Christmas movies. Christmas movies, baby. Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, fuck. Joe just agreed to it. His favorite. It's happening. If it, if it needs to happen, it, it will. But at any rate, thank you for everybody who's listening. <laughs> Please uh, rate and subscribe. Follow us on social media. And we will be back next week. Bye.